Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about an ambitious plan to map the ocean floor by 2030, how our cells make their own soap to kill bacteria, and why it's a big deal that crows understand the concept of zero. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If there's one like incredibly cliched line in the world of science that I've heard a zillion times, it's we know more about outer space than we do about our ocean floor. You've heard it. I've heard it. Ashley's nodding your head. I know you've heard it. Everyone's heard it. And it's true. Just over 20% of the world's ocean has been mapped in detail. 20%. That's not a passing grade. But Believe it or not, there's a project underway to change that. Seabed 2030 is counting on underwater drones, multi-beam echo sounders, and international cooperation to accomplish the mammoth task. Oh, and they're going to do it in just eight more years. Yeah. And there are a lot of reasons that someone might want a map of the global ocean floor. A big one is navigation. I mean, once in 2005, a U.S. submarine was chugging along through some uncharted waters south of Guam when it slammed into an unknown feature of the marine landscape. Nearly 100 sailors were injured and one of them died. A map would almost certainly have prevented the accident. The data will also be helpful for everyone from climate change researchers modeling ocean currents to fossil fuel companies looking for the best routes for new undersea pipelines. There are two organizations behind the project. One is a Japanese-based nonprofit, the Nippon Foundation, and the other is an international group, the General Bathymetric Chart of the Oceans, or GEBCO. And they've been mapping the ocean since 1903. But these two organizations aren't collecting all the data themselves. One of their priorities is getting all the publicly available data together in one place. For instance, a lot of countries have mapped the waters off their shores, but they haven't shared the data in a central location. Another priority is getting corporations and other groups with proprietary data to make their maps available to the public. Many of these maps chart long, thin lines of seafloor underneath the paths that ships, cables, and pipelines use to cross the world's oceans and seas. And finally, Seabed 2030 is figuring out where there's no data at all, and they're asking for help from basically anyone with a boat. That's because nearly all techniques for mapping the seafloor rely on sonar, a lot of vessels already collect this kind of data for their own use. All they have to do is travel somewhere that hasn't been mapped yet and record the sonar info using a data logger. Unmanned vessels can also help with this. After all, they have no problem patiently plying patches of sea that no other ship has a reason to visit. Mapping the majority of the seafloor is a tall order, but the group has already made some pretty incredible progress. When they started in 2017, just 6% of the seafloor had been mapped in detail. And in just four years, that number has more than tripled. The future potential is as wide as the ocean. You know it's important to wash your hands with soap to kill bacteria. Well, it turns out that your immune system does the same thing. 
Get ready to learn about a newly discovered bacteria-killing protein that acts just like soap. So imagine you're baking a chicken for Sunday dinner. Things get a little messy when you're stuffing herbs and vegetables into the bird, and a few drops of chicken juice get on the kitchen towel, and then your hand, and then the sliced tomatoes. A few hours later, thousands of salmonella bacteria are fighting their way through the cells lining your intestine. Once immune cells catch wind of the germs, they sound the alarm to tell the rest of the immune system, we've got trouble. One of those alarm bells is called interferon gamma. But this protein doesn't just make immune cells ready their defenses. It also makes normal cells increase their own protein production. That suggests that normal cells might help out in immune defense, but scientists weren't sure how. So a team of researchers decided to get to the bottom of the mystery. They screened thousands of genes in cells to find ones that could encode a defensive protein. Finally, they found one, a protein called apolipoprotein L3, or APOL3 for short. The protein got an assist from another molecule called GBP1. To see the pair in action, the researchers exposed cells in the lab to salmonella bacteria, which has not one, but two protective membranes. Think of it like a castle with a moat. They used microscopes to watch as GBP1 breached the bacterium's outer membrane and let APOL3 through. That's when the real magic happened. See, one end of an APOL3 protein is attracted to water, and the other end is attracted to lipids, or fats. And that's just like soap. That's bad news for Salmonella's lipid-based inner membrane. Once inside a Salmonella bacterium, APOL3 doesn't have much trouble dissolving the inner membrane, killing the germ, and saving the day. If you think it's surprising that your body makes its own soap to kill bacteria, well, you're in good company. Scientists say this is the first time anyone has discovered a protective protein that acts like a detergent. Even more reason to wash your hands, because every time you use soap, there's less of a chance your body will have to use its own. We've talked before about how smart birds are. No bird brain puns in this episode, I promise. We've also talked about how smart corvids are. That's the group of birds that includes crows and ravens. I mean, crows can memorize faces and make tools. But now I'm here to tell you about what's possibly their most amazing mental feat. They understand the concept of zero. Now, look, this is a big deal because understanding zero requires some degree of abstract thought. It's easy and useful to count one, two, or three muffins. But when the muffins are gone, our brains have to do a little feat of mental gymnastics to understand that there is, in fact, a quantity of muffins that remains, but that that quantity is zero. Believe it or not, this is not obvious, even to humans. If you've ever wondered why there's no Roman numeral for zero... It's because humans didn't even get around to defining zero as a mathematical concept until 1,500 years ago. However, research suggests that crows might intrinsically understand the concept of zero. Researchers at a university in Germany set up an experiment where they trained carrion crows to respond to images on a computer screen. 
The researchers would flash an image containing zero to four dots and then flash a second image containing zero to four dots. The birds were trained to peck at the screen if the two images were the same and do nothing if they were different. In the experiment, the birds were good, but not perfect. The greater the difference between the number of dots, the more accurately they could tell that the quantities were different. But it's the mistakes the birds made that reveal their mental superpowers. These birds mistook zero dots for one dot at the same rate they mistook one dot for two. And that suggests that the birds weren't thinking about the blank screen as nothing, but instead as a numerical quantity just below one. In another experiment, the researchers implanted little electrodes into the crow's brains to measure electrical activity while they repeated the experiment. Previous studies have found that specific clusters of neurons in crows' brains light up for specific numbers. But those studies never tried it with zero. And in this study, the researchers confirmed that another cluster of neurons lit up for the zero-dot screen, just like other clusters had for other numbers. And that's more evidence that the birds are able to process zero as a quantity. That is some pretty high-level math, even for an already smart bird. I wonder how long until they invent calculus. Calculus for crows has a good ring to it. Croculus. Corvidculus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that just over 20% of the world's oceans have been mapped, but a project called Seabed 2030 is looking to change that. The international collaboration is going to use existing data, high-tech instruments, and basically anyone with a boat to map way more of the seafloor than has ever been mapped before. When they started in 2017, just 6% of the seafloor had been mapped in detail, and they've more than tripled that amount in the four years since. It's cool they're getting data from everybody, except for Pod 6. Pod 6 is jerks. Is that a, is that a C-Lab 20-whatever reference? <laughs> You have such disdain for my references that you like don't even don't I even I don't know that I can't remember the year that C Lab is supposed to exist. C Lab twenty twenty one, interestingly. Oh, see, I wouldn't have guessed that. Why yeah. So it's it was futuristic when it was written. Yeah. It was and now it isn't. I'm just really curious whether the person who called it Seabed twenty thirty was thinking C Lab twenty twenty one when they named it. I mean, the entire time I was editing this episode, anytime I saw Seabed 2030, I thought Sea Lab 2021. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> we also learned that your body uses its own soap to kill bacteria. When the immune system detects an invader, it sounds the alarm that makes normal cells ramp up production of a protein called APOL3. This protein has one end that's attracted to water and another that's attracted to fats, just like soap. And after an assist from another molecule, it can invade a bacterial cell and use its soap superpowers to dissolve the protective membrane and kill the cell. Because remember, that's the reason soap kills germs, is that soap dissolves fats and bacterial membranes are made out of fat. It's all connected, which is why you should wash your hands. There you go. And we learned that crows can understand the concept of zero. 
And that's definitely saying something when you consider the fact that humans only defined zero as a mathematical concept 1,500 years ago. To find this out, scientists showed crows numbers of dots on a screen and trained them to peck at the screen when the numbers were the same. The crows tended to make more mistakes the closer the two numbers were to each other, and they made the same number of mistakes when they saw zero and one as they did when they saw one and two. And that suggests that they understand that zero is a numerical quantity just below one. Pretty advanced stuff for a bird brain. Oh, I did what it. What did I say? I did it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I, I just, you got to do it at least no, once. No, we've done like 40 <laughs> stories on birds in the last couple of months, and everyone were like, guess it's not a bird brain. It's, we, <laughs> I'm calling a moratorium on bird brain on this podcast. I... I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. No more bird brains. Yeah. Well, look, there's a cardinal on my bird feeder right now, right outside my office window. Let's look up some cardinal science. Let's find some cardinals <laughs> stuff. Now, I mean, like anyone who has a bird feeder, you know that cardinals are basically nature's Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> what? They just they just bust in there. Any other birds that are at that feeder, they're like, ah, and they're like, let me have some food. That's how cardinals are. Oh, yeah. Exactly. They're the right color and everything. They are. They are that. They are that. Today's writers were Grant Curran and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Don't be a bird brain. <laughs> <laughs> be a bird brain, which is a very positive thing that you'll never hear us talk about on this show ever again. And join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.